Hey everybody, it is Thursday, August 9th, 2018, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eislick, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever. Today will be an episode much like many of the other ones, where we'll focus on some car news, talking about some motorsports uh, reveals that may have some impacts on uh, new cars that are coming out in the very near future. In the culture section, we'll talk a little bit about how much chrome is on your pickup truck bumper and whether or not that's a good thing and what that indicates about you because you're probably a bad person for having not enough chrome. And then last up, a car that's on my mind. Uh, Yes, indeed, going after the convertibles from last week, we're going to talk about the B6 generation Audi A4 Cabriolet. So all that in mind, guys, uh, if you want to go back and listen to other episodes of this show, you can dive in pretty deep at Anchor fm slash ysman or you can dig up these episodes on a multitude of podcasting platforms including spotify google play uh apple itunes so on and so forth they're all there they're free forever and ever as long as they continue to be hosted so uh let's move on to the first segment talk a little bit about some news Two bits of news to talk about. We'll talk about the actual news news part first. Uh, Ford announced today that the Mustang will be joining the NASCAR Monster Energy and Xfinity Series for 2019 as a replacement for the Fusion going forward. Now, this isn't exactly huge news. This isn't exactly crazy news. But nevertheless, it is a very clear indication of what Ford is doing. Uh, As you all remember, Ford is running as far and as fast away from regular cars in their lineup uh, here in the very near future. And of the models that are going to survive this uh, slaughter of all these vehicles, the Mustang is one of them. Mustang has are perennially been a strong seller for Ford and all that's been challenged quite a few times by the Camaro and as well as the current Dodge Challenger uh, more times than not the Mustang is the top seller so it makes a lot of sense for Ford to enter this vehicle here it's still made in the United States it's still powered by a V8 it's got the right body shape it's got the right sporting potential is NASCAR necessarily what the Mustang was developed to do no but I guess it works. Uh, Chevrolet did switch to the Camaro uh, earlier this year. It was announced late last year uh, to a ZL1-bodied Camaro for NASCAR competition, uh, which has been, as far as I can understand, pretty successful in its many campaigns throughout the year. Uh, If you haven't been following NASCAR, uh, it's a mess. I can't really understand many of the rule changes that they seem to do what feel like race-to-race, season-to-season Uh, It's a garbled up mess, and it doesn't help that the France family is connected to the Trump administration, which means that they're a bunch of fucking assholes to begin with. So, uh, not exactly huge earth-shadowing news, uh, but nevertheless, it's an interesting note for motorsport that is directly tied to what we're seeing in the automobile market. In a little bit more... I don't know if you want to call it conspiratorial news, but nevertheless, uh, spy shots were thrown off today of what appears to be the mid-engine C8 Corvette uh, testing at Road America in its uh, GTLM uh, sport race car guise. Uh, the Corvette has been a long-standing part of the GTLM class, uh, both in IMSA and in the World Endurance Championship. Uh, Team Corvette has had a great number of successes, both in their category uh, and uh, in the various championships as well. It's uh, 
it's been a long time coming for them to eventually move on to a new platform. Obviously, it has been the rumor for the Corvette for what feels like 11 million years uh, that the Corvette will eventually move to a mid-engine platform, uh, but seeing the Corvette in this guise very clearly as a mid-engine car pretty much proves that the new Corvette is going to be a mid-engine option. Uh, I have a lot of reservations about this as a Corvette person. The Corvette is hands down my favorite car of all time. Uh, I have always felt that the Corvette serves a very important purpose in the American automobile landscape where it is a very high performance vehicle that is made readily available for next to no money. Uh, it is an aspirational vehicle, yes, but it's also somewhat practical in some instances and it's, it's just all around a good car. Moving it to a mid-engine platform implies that they're going to dramatically increase the price of the Corvette, which is what I'm afraid of. Uh, historically speaking, at least over the past 20 years or so, the equivalent of $40,000 to $50,000 gets you a baseline Corvette with 350 to 400 and now near enough 500 horsepower, uh, which is crazy, and it's a great deal. But uh, moving this thing up market gives a little bit more space between the Camaro and the Corvette, where the Camaro has largely been hindered by the progress that the Corvette can now make, uh, where the Camaro is based on a very good, very high-tech, very well-designed chassis, and the Corvette on its X platform is getting a little dated. So, new mid-engine Corvette is cool, yay, but I don't know. I still don't love the idea. I want a cheap Corvette. Uh, but this new car looks very Corvette. It is undeniable. I've been one of those people who have been denying it as much as I can and saying it's going to be a Cadillac. Uh, it has got a very Corvette front end. It's got the Corvette-style side scoops. Uh, the only thing that does not look very Corvette-ish about it are the rear taillights. Um, but given the size of the spoiler that's on there that's like the current uh, ZR1, it's it, all the pieces have kind of come together. So if you get a chance, check it out online. Uh, the news broke earlier today on that Corvette. I'd be curious to know how you feel about the Corvette going mid-engine. Feel free to drop me a line here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN or hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN and tell me if you think the Corvette going mid-engine is a good idea. So the new Silverado is heading towards us like a speeding bullet train. Uh, Pre-production models are already rolling around here in Michigan, especially here in West Michigan. I've seen quite a few in the past couple of weeks. Uh, these things should be hitting dealer lots in the next couple of weeks. And of course, that means that the press is out at various GM events, seeing all the different trims and models all compared next to one another uh, in interesting photo fashion. Jalopnik had a post today that uh, had uh, eight of the different trim models parked near one another and you kind of swipe through the different variations and you can see very specific changes from these models from the tippy top high country LT whatever trims down to like the uh, high feature models and on down to the bottom end of the uh, work trucks and it's interesting how you go from a lot of chrome up in the very top to a ton of plastic and you end up losing the bowtie Chevy badge on the lower end models. Uh, and it really becomes a clear indication of how much money you have and how willing you are to spend that much money on your truck. And I guess the question really is, is that a good thing? I don't really know how I feel about it completely because I'm one of the weird people who apparently really like how the work trucks look. I like that they lose the big bow tie badge on the front. It ends up saying Chevrolet in this weird uh, plastic mold across the grill. And it actually ties it 
they'll look together much better with the styling that's on the brand new Camaro and the forthcoming uh, Chevy Blazer that'll be out next year. Um, it's a good looking truck, I think, in that. And it kind of depends, again, on the trim. Uh, there are models that have like full color, body colored front ends. Uh, there are ones that have some black plastic that's kind of mixed in on those work trucks that make them stand out a little bit more. Uh, high future models have body colored bumpers that look pretty good, um, that seem to have a little bit of chrome grill effect, and then that high country model, and the uh, they really chrome it up and look really fancy. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, pickup trucks aren't exactly the biggest thing ever up here in West Michigan. A lot of people buy them. Uh, it's just going to be a weird thing, I think, for Texas and people down south and out west where, you know, your your pickup truck says a lot about you and your social strata. Um, I don't know. There's not really a good answer. It's just interesting to kind of do a little bit of a thought process about it. I guess in the same way that your Nikes perhaps tell you what kind of person you are compared to somebody who's wearing... Converse or whatever. Uh, I guess it's kind of the same thing. Anyway, keep your eye out for these new trucks. They're rolling around. I think they're all really good looking across the board. Um, but uh, those work trucks in particular, I'm really curious to see what the pricing will end up being on those because uh, those could be a pretty interesting buy compared to the baseline Colorado. So a car that's been on my mind, it's the B6 Audi A4 Cabriolet. Uh, we talked a little bit about some convertibles last week, but the A4 Cabriolet has always kind of stuck out of my mind as a weird redheaded stepchild of a brand that didn't really know what they wanted to do, and they did it, and it happened. Uh, the A4, as of many of you know, is the long-standing, best-selling, uh, entry-level luxury model uh, that Audi had for many, many years. The B5 models are very well regarded uh, in terms of their technology and engineering, as many of their bits and pieces were shared with the Passat, uh, but the later models really progressed in a way that was pretty substantial. The B6 was kind of the first foray into extra special separations from Volkswagen, and this model ended up losing two doors in the process, gained a cloth top, and it also had some interesting engineering exercises that were done that uh, really separated it from the other Audi sedans. Uh, the A4 Cabriolet is known as a money pit to some people because of the transmissions that these cars had. Uh, this was Audi and Volkswagen altogether, their first attempt at doing a CVT uh, gearbox inside the car, and gearbox in quotation marks there. Uh, their CVT was done by Luk, L-U-K, a German engineering company. Uh, some people say that this is one of the best engineered CVTs out there. Other people say it's one of the worst. Uh, the consensus is that parts are very expensive to find on this car because so few were built. Uh, and anytime anything goes wrong, uh, it is a long repair time and bill, and it's all crazy. Um, this car suffered from a lot of programming issues on Audi's end uh, that prevented the car from driving correctly. And if I remember right, there was like threats of a class action lawsuit at one point. Um, this was just not a very well-baked car. Um, with lenses being 2020, you could have said that about a lot of CVT vehicles at the time. Uh, Nissan was doing the same kind of thing with the Murano SUV and many other things, uh, but this Audi was just a mess. 
Uh, Style-wise, I still think it's one of the better-looking Audis, especially in two-door form. Uh, it's a good-looking car. It's got a lot of interesting choices that are made, but what's really interesting about this car is that you never see them anywhere here in the United States. I don't even I don't even think I could tell you the last time that I saw one. If I did, it was probably when it was brand new and it was sitting in front of a dealership. That's pretty crazy. So if you've seen one recently, let me know on Twitter at YSSMAN. I'd really appreciate it. Well, that just about does it for another episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eslick, and I'm here to talk to you about car news and car culture and car whatever here on the podcast. But you can also listen to me do just about the same thing or read about the same thing. I don't know how you want to say that. Uh, over on uh, Twitter.com slash YSSMAN. Uh, yeah, it's a place. Anyway, uh, we do another version of this show uh, called the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide where we go into a segment of vehicles, we break down what I believe to be the three best options, and then I add a fourth option for flavor. I haven't done one in a little bit. We're overdue for some interesting crossover comparisons, potentially, once again. So perhaps we'll get around to that in the next couple of days. Um, if you want to dive back into previous episodes of this show, feel free to do so at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN, or you can check a multitude of podcasting platforms, including Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Stitcher Radio, uh, Booby Butthole, Surfer Rock and Roll podcast service. They're all there. Anyway, yes, uh other stuff well hey guys it's uh, almost fall which is scary to think about so here's a nice little reminder for you uh, make sure you go out double check your tires grab a little old penny little lincoln head jam it in your uh your uh tread wear there if you can see the top of lincoln's head guess what it's time to buy a new set of tires so uh probably should do that sometime soon uh i know i need to so consider this your reminder before the snow comes uh if you're in an area where snow never comes well f you uh, all the way to the moon because I'm jealous. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy what's left of the summertime, and we will see you next week on the Salvage Title Podcast.